Hello, I'm Rod Butler. Welcome to Let God Speak. Today we are commencing a new series of studies centred around the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. As a lead into the series in our program today, we are going to examine Revelation chapter 12, which gives an overview of the great controversy between Christ and Satan. We will see difficult times to come for God's people in this controversy, but the Bible is clear. Jesus is victorious over Satan and sin will forever be removed from the universe. We invite you to have your Bibles ready as we discuss this important study. On our panel today, we have Pearl Fram and Arika Perny. Welcome, Pearl. Welcome, Arika. Thank you. Before we commence our study, let us just bow for prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for the Bible and the Word of God. We are discussing an important topic today. And as we read the Scriptures, we ask for the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and understanding. And we ask too, Lord, a special blessing for our viewers that they too will understand. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in the middle of the book of Revelation, right in the heart of it, we have chapter 12. And chapter 12 is a description of a a great cosmic conflict. And this cosmic conflict starts in heaven, but is now raging on the earth. And I'm going to start the uh, the study today by reading uh, chapter 12 and verses 7 to 9. And for our, our discussion, we're going to be reading a lot from Revelation 12. So have your Bible at your fingertips. So starting with verse 7, it says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, Pearl, my opening question is to you. This is a war in heaven. Mm. between two sides. We mm-hmm. have Michael, um, which is another name for Christ. He's leading one side. And the other side, we have the dragon, which is Satan, the other side. And as this is in heaven, um, what does this tell you about the, the people who are participating in this conflict? Well, it's obviously um, we have a war here that is between the angels in heaven. Um, so to to lots of angels that are warring against each other. Um, you know, but we don't know, we don't know how long this conflict was going for. We don't know th- those kind of details. But um, what we do know is that, you know, for it to be a war against heaven, uh, in heaven, it's got to be a war against God's government. Um, yeah, so we also see, you know, that um, the angels had the opportunity to choose sides, um, which side they're going to take whether they're going to support God's government or not. You know, there's this Mm. conflict here. And that's deep because if the angels can choose against God's side, Mm. they've got complete power, freedom of choice. So, Erika, what does that freedom of choice, that power they have to choose, say about God's character? That's an interesting uh, question, uh, Rod. 
but first, can I just make a quick observation with regards to your introduction and, and Pearl's uh, response? Uh, I find in these studies uh, a, a wonderful connection between this part of the Bible, the New Testament, and the Old Testament. For example, the name of Jesus, Michael, mm. picked it up in the Old yes. Testament. But, but coming back to the, the, the question, uh, you know, the Bible is about God. Uh, the great controversy is also about God and His character. And I want to read uh, for us uh, this reference which comes to us from 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. Uh, and this is uh, the Word of God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. We, we see in this biblical narrative of this war that Pearl was, was talking about, uh, this, this war, but in the middle of the war, we see these expressions of a God who loves and gives opportunity uh, for the, the so-called evil angels uh, to make a call themselves, mm. whether to honor God, meaning they had the, the free, the, 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 the choice to choose, that God did not coerce or force them to do anything. Mm. But we note that once they made that decision, and, and unfortunately it was a decision against God, then God had to make that final call, which means that they were expelled from heaven uh, together with, with Satan. Mm. It's very deep, isn't it? Well, to understand the conflict, we also have to understand about the two leaders. I want to focus now on the, the leader that was not Michael. We're talking about the great dragon, uh, Satan. What does the Bible say about the origin of Satan, Pearl? Yeah, well, um, in, in verses 9 you know, of Revelation 12 here, it, um, it calls Satan a few different names. You know, he's the devil, um, that old serpent. Um, yeah. But also in Ezekiel 28, 13 to 17, it, it also talks about Satan. Um, and, you know, it talks about how he is the covering cherub in heaven. And which means that he's, you know, one of the closest angels to God. He's got a very high position in heaven um, at this time. Um, he's a beautiful being, you know, he's, he's created um, to be beautiful. Um, and Isaiah 14, uh, 12 to 14 also talks about Lucifer. Um, and yeah, it says, it says that, you know, he's, he's coveting this position um, that belongs only to God. Um, so he's been created as a, as a very high power, very beautiful being, but he's coveting something more. Um, and so, you know, we, we kind of see that this, this idea of sin as being selfishness um, and, and coveting, you know, a higher position. And yeah, I'd like to look at Second Peter verses um, 2 and 4. 2 verse 4. Um, and that says, If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, etc., etc. So in other words, um, this is saying that, um, you know, this through this idea that Lucifer kind of put forward, um, 
it eventually brought punishment on himself um, and and also on the other angels that sided with him. Yeah, indeed. It certainly brought penalty on uh, those who chose Lucifer. Mm. Um, now, that's um, interesting when you look at the, the effect it's had on, on heaven. What does it say? What does Jesus say about Satan, um, Erika? Does he talk about Satan at all, a bit of his background? Yeah, let me, let me uh, uh, provide a reference for us, and I will read in a second, and that is from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 44. Interesting, the context of this chapter is the challenge of the identity of a Jesus. But here is Jesus in that conversation uh, with, with those that were, were present on this occasion, reading to you from, again, John eight forty four. You belong to your father, the devil, notice, the devil, uh, and you, the, the devil, that is a, their father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of, of lies. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm also reminded of another biblical reference uh, in the Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 10, where Jesus again talks about a similar picture. Mm -hmm. You know, he is a liar and a thief. And so we see that here with this description by Jesus. And we know uh, when we look at this particular incident that it was his intent to use people to kill Jesus. So uh, the, the, the fact of the matter is right from the beginning, he did not speak truth. And now he wants to take care of Jesus by, by killing Jesus. Mm. Killing the sinless Lamb of God. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, Jesus came to redeem, redeem mankind and um, he did exactly that. What did Jesus actually have to do to redeem us all? Mm. So if, you know, we look at the sacrificial system, um, Jesus is, is represented by the Lamb of God. Um, I want to read in John chapter 1 and verse 29. It says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Um, and, you know, if we look back at um, the sanctuary service, the lamb had to be spotless. You know, it had to be without blemish. Um, and, you know, it, it took the place of the sinner. Um, so instead of the sinner dying for the sin, the lamb was to die for the sin. Um, and the same, you know, goes with Jesus. You know, he was the, the lamb that took our sin um, and he has to be, he had to live a spotless, sinless life um, on this earth. Yeah. Mm. Very powerful. When you look at the, you know, piece all this together, we have a situation where Revelation 12 talks, there's a war in heaven, there's participants, they've got the freedom to choose, mm. which indicates that there's a God of love. Yes. Um, those that choose against God's government are cast out. Yes. And then we have the situation where Jesus, oh, and by the way, we, you read that... Um, uh, Satan brought uh, death and penalty on the yep. angels. Yes. He's come to this earth. And now we have the situation where Jesus had to redeem us yep. by living a sinless life. So we're getting a bit of a picture here. How do we piece all this together and say, what is the root cause or what's this conflict really all about at its, its basic point? In my words, uh, Rod, uh, the, the, issue, the issue here, it's about living under the rule of God 
or put it another way, it's about our ability uh, to obey God, uh, to submit to the, to the will uh, of God. And of course, part of that expression of God's will is God's law. So let me read to you now. Uh, again, from the, uh, the, the New Testament, but uh, from the book of Romans, chapter 7 and verse 12. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous uh, and uh, good. It, it seems to me part of Satan's strategy is to misrepresent God. Mm-hmm. Represent a God who loves, a God who cares, a God who is fair. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the, the law, which speaks to, to the character of God, the transcript of the mm. character uh, mm. of God. And so it is a challenge on this very core premise uh, of who God is. Mm. And then, of course, the call, do you take God for his word or take the devil and his mistruth mm. uh, and misinformation? And we have that choice to make, don't we? Absolutely. We, we have that power to yeah. choose. <clears throat> Well, the verses in Revelation are not in chronological order. So we're going to pick up the story again, uh, what happened afterwards. Um, we're going to be reading now verses 3 to verse 5, Revelation 12, verses 3 to verse 5. And it says, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be devoured, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, which was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now, it's interesting in verse 4 there, it talks about um, a a third part of the stars. Revelation 1 verse 20 refers to stars as being angels. Mm. Mm. So we can conclude here that this conflict drew a third of the angels penalty onto them and they were yep. cast out of heaven. Yes. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that in itself, if angels can be deceived, wow, it must be some argument the devil's putting forward. Mm. Yes. Who was, question to you, uh, Rika, who were the women, who were the children? Oh, sorry, this is to, uh, to Pearl. Who was the, um, the woman who was the child? So the woman, we see in, in Isaiah 50, uh, 54, verses 5 and 6, um, it's, we see that the woman is actually God's church uh, or spirit, Israel. Um, so therefore, um, we can kind of conclude that, you know, the woman is um, spiritual Israel in Revelation. Um, yeah. And also the male child um, you know, comes forth from the woman. You know, it's coming from the church or, you know, Israel, spiritual Israel. Um, yeah. And we also see this kind of, this idea kind of backed up by the fact that the secular power tried to kill um, Jesus when he was um, only a child. Um, and we see that also in Revelation. So I'd like to um, read Matthew um, Chapter 2 and verse 13, and that says, And they were, sorry, and when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there until I bring thee word. 
for Herod will seek the child to destroy him. Yes, and, and we see this described in Revelation 12, you know, where it says um, that, you know, for to devour the man child, that this dragon sought to do that. Yeah. So the woman was the church and Jesus was the child coming from the church. Yes. The people of God. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So I will ask you this one, mm. uh, this yes. question, Erica. What's this rod of iron? Well, uh, the, the, the picture of a rod would suggest something that is strong. Uh, it's symbolic of uh, one's rule uh, or, or dominion uh, for that matter. The, the fact that the scripture or the Bible in this case in verse 5 reference a rod of iron would suggest, would suggest an all-powerful invincible rulership. Uh, and this is a reference, of course, to the son or the child, which is a Christ Jesus. It is important to note, and, and I want to take uh, us now to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 14, verse 30, that in spite of Satan's efforts and, and trial to, to tempt and to conquer Christ, and here's the text, I will not speak with you much longer for the prince of this world. This is Jesus talking, referencing the devil, who will try everything possible to defeat Jesus. The good news is for us, and I think this is the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, is the fact that the, 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 the son who he is to rule with the rod of iron suggests that ultimately... Christ wins. He is more powerful and uh, we can uh, take uh, courage in the fact that the victory uh, has been done already through Christ on the cross and that, of course, the Satan is is defeated Mm. already. Yes, very powerful. Staying with you, Erika, I've got a question for you. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. Yes. And he defeated Satan by living a sinless life and then died yes. as the Lamb of God, as Pearl said. Yes. He fulfilled that role being the, the unblemished Lamb, Lamb yes. of God. We're born carnal. We have an yes. actual propensity to sin. Yes. And Satan and his angels are constantly tempting us to sin. Yes. How is it possible then for us to keep the law? You know, this is a, an, an interesting question because we're talking about application of this Jesus and his power uh, on, on, on our life. Uh, allow me, uh, if I may, uh, to read uh, for us uh, this uh, powerful uh, scripture. Uh, that is Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 from the New Testament. Philippians uh, chapter 3, verse 9. And uh, let me read to you here, verse uh, 9. Uh, and be found in him, that is in Jesus, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the Lord, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I think it's important, uh, Rod, uh, to make this point that, uh, listen, we, we, we cannot live out the demands of the law on our own, on our own. But it is possible through Christ, through faith in the righteousness uh, of, uh, uh, of Jesus uh, Christ. Um, again, I'm reminded of another biblical text from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Uh, that is, it's no longer I that liveth, but it is Christ lives. that lives in me. Yeah. Meaning, any good thing that we do in terms of the Christian experience is not us. Mm. Because of our sinful nature, obviously. But it is Christ who lives in life through us daily. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's only if we don't have Christ, if we're not living in Christ, sorry, if Christ's not living in us and we try to do it on our own, we're bound to fail. We'll fail. We'll yeah. fail. Yeah. Pearl, in verse 10, uh, Revelation 12, verse 10, it talks about the accuser of the brethren is cast down. Um, what, what encouragement should we get that the, the accuser of the brethren is cast down? Well, you know, I think when, when we know that um, Satan has been defeated, you know, um, it gives us great confidence that we're, even though we're fighting against flesh and blood, um, we're, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You know, we're, we're fighting against Satan, but he's already been defeated. Yes. You know, so we don't have to worry about um, trying to defeat um, this enemy. We rely on God's power in our lives to defeat Satan. And therefore, um, he's, he's defeated because God's already defeated him. Right. And this moves on to verse 11. And verse 11 talks about they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto their death. So from that text, uh, Arika, verse 11, what does it mean they overcame? Mm. What does it mean to overcome? Uh, allow me, Rod, if I may, to, to read the text again uh, for us. They overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus, mm. and by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. You know, the, the, the word uh, overcome comes from the Hebrew nikau, uh, which simply means to conquer, to prevail, to triumph, uh, and to be victorious. I got to tell you, I, I am emboldened, if you may, to know that in the so-called great controversy, in the battle that we do daily, with the devil and his angels, as, as Pearl pointed out already, you know, the victory is ours. But historically, in terms of the biblical text, we can be victorious, not because of us, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, which again takes us to the center of uh, salvation, and that is through Christ uh, alone. The other part that is very interesting is the value of their testimony. And that is their witness for Christ and for the gospel. Finally, and I suppose it's important to point this out, to follow the way of God, to be obedient to God, means we will suffer. And it may cause us death. But this is part of the journey of being a follower of Jesus. But again, keeping in mind, victory is ours already through Christ. But in the meantime we can expect to go through some difficult times here on earth. So even though we may encounter severe persecution and even in some cases death, yep. death may be in this life, but it's victorious overall in the eternity situation. In Revelation 12 in verses 6 and verses 14 to 16, it talks about a time period. Um, and this time period talks about times, times half a time. In verse 6, it talks about um, 1,203 score days. How long is this time period? Are we talking literal or prophetic here, Pearl? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if we look at, um, there's, there's a couple of verses. One's in Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, verses 34, and Ezekiel chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. And it, it shows that, um, you know, these 
a day in Bible prophecy because, you know, we're dealing with symbolic numbers and things here in Revelation. Um, but in Bible prophecy, these days are actually representative of years. Um, so then we can conclude that the, um, the 1260 days is actually 1260 literal years. Um, so then, you know, if, if you go back through history and pinpoint, you know, some things and, and doing further Bible study, uh, you'll find that it goes from 538 to 1798 AD. Mm. So, That's yeah. 1260 literal years, 1260. Mm. which covers the Middle Ages and yes. that yeah. period where we had a papal domination yep. and you had to be one church or you were persecuted. Yes. Mm. Now, Pearl, I'm going to stay with you again. Um, from Revelation 12:17, I'm just going to read this. It says, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of his seed, which keeps the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. What is the intensity of this controversy today? Well, since, since Christ has, you know, defeated Satan at the cross, um, you know, his, his angels, um, Satan's angels are out to break down that relationship between us and God. I want to read um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. First um, Peter five verse eight. We'll find it. Um, and that says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh mm. about, seeking whom he may devour." Um, and you know, I think this is really key because um, Satan's been defeated. So therefore, he he's like he he's so angry because he wants to take as many. People do as much injury. This is this is Satan for you. You know, it, it's really mm. not nice. <laughs> so, so the intensity is fierce. It's absolutely. absolutely. Mm. And he wants to take us out. So I'm going to put the last question to you, uh, Rika. Yes. Knowing all that, how do we how does that impact us today? How do we live our life today? Let me respond to that uh, very important question um, in, in a passage of scripture uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, specifically 633, uh, Jesus said these words, but seek first the kingdom of God. The word kingdom, of course, means basile in the Greek, which means the rulership of God. The bottom line for me, Rod, is would you allow God to take control of your life? Would you accept Jesus uh, to be the guiding principle uh, of your life. And so uh, reading this text, as I close, uh, this is First Corinthians chapter 15, 57. Uh, but thanks, thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. At the end of the day, it's about Jesus and our commitment to him. Mm, thank you. Well done. Amen. Well, thank you, Pearl. Thank you, Erika. Well, Revelation 12 outlines this great controversy between Christ and Satan that started in heaven and is still raging on our earth today. It assures us that amid the troubles and trials of life, we have the assurance that our Saviour Jesus Christ defeated Satan, our adversary. Yes, Jesus does win and Satan does lose. Most importantly, we too will be victorious against Satan when our total trust and faith is in Christ. We are in the last days. Time is short. Give your heart to Christ today. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak. All past programs plus teacher's notes 
are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time and God bless. We'll see you then. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.